Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Astro Energy Astrology Show on Blog Talk Radio with me, astrologer Shelley Overton. Each week we go over the planetary positions, discuss astrology, and take callers' questions. If you would like to call in and get a reading, you can call 347-994-3365. Call in early as the lines fill up. November 26, 2019 edition of the Astro Energy Astrology Show. I am Shelly Overton and I'm in Orlando, Florida. It is wonderful to hang out with you today. It's a gorgeous day here in Orlando. It's, uh, I think, 58 right now, 55, 58, somewhere in there. And there are very few clouds. It's a perfect crisp autumn day and I'm very happy that it's so nice, let me tell you. Um, Okay, so we've got lots to cover today, and today we are going to be looking at Neptune, but we're also going to be talking about where the planets are and what's going on with them and taking some calls. So let's see here. Um, Let's just start with the sun. The sun is at four degrees Sagittarius. He is clear-minded. He is definitely feeling good because the moon is right on him as we speak. We've got the sun and the moon conjunct. So it's a new moon within, oh, one degree, not even a full degree. And it seems that we always have these events right during my podcast. So today is probably no different. I actually, um, I don't know what it is other than maybe living in two different places right now. Um, I can't find my ephemeris. The book Daily Planetary Guide is MIA once again. And I think part of that is because I go back and forth and I take it with me all over the place. So let's just look at our chart that we have here. The moon goes into, well, went into Sagittarius at 7.33 this morning. And let me see, and believe it or not, went void, of course, not long after. (laughs) He has major aspects that actually, it says void, of course, but I have a hard time believing that because... um, I've been researching this on my own a number of times. I keep researching it, and I'm still not satisfied. Um, Void, of course, means that there are no major aspects to the moon before he exits the sign. And I personally consider in conjuncts and conjunctions major aspects. But according to um, this planetary guide I have on my phone, it says that he's void, of course, right now. And he's one degree away from joining the sun that is not void of course to me. So I'm going to continue to research it because I'm just not satisfied with uh, the answers I'm getting with that because I'm not finding it defined anywhere. So I'm still going to research it. Maybe if you find out, please let me know on Facebook because the details seem rather foggy about that. Anyway, so the moon and the sun are at the same place in the sky. So what does that mean? That means that it is a new moon 
that's what happens when we have a new moon, that the moon is the closest to the sun and um, we don't see it. So it's beginning its waxing part on the day that it is new. And so it also means that the sun represents ego and identity and self, and the moon represents home, family, the mother, nurturing, and the feminine counterbalance to the sun. So the two are joined, which means that they are feeling each other, so to speak, that they are acting in concert, that they're chit-chatting and having communication that they don't get when the moon is every other place in the sky around the sun, that they are um, connecting on the same playground, so to speak. And definitely with Sagittarius, it is a playground. So um, it is also the energy of learning and spiritual growth. It is the coming together of masculine and feminine, of ego and um, probably emotion. I was going to say spirit, but I think Neptune probably and Jupiter represent spirit a little more than the moon does, although we do have, so I want to talk about the moon a little bit. Um, The tides of the moon are super big right now, and they are also, there's strong energy right now with, um, I just read it yesterday, I'm sorry, I've been racing around today, so I'm not as prepared as I would like to be. But um, the sun, the moon, and let me see what else. Jupiter is also in Sagittarius today. And having them in in close proximity means that there is more intensity in that particular field. But what was it I read this week? I think it had to do with Mercury, the sun, and the moon. And when they're all close together, we feel it even stronger. And so I'm telling you, January 12th and 13th, is going to be phenomenally powerful and not just in a personal sense. Yes, it will affect us personally, but in a global sense. This is the energy of a stellium. And it is to me somewhat of a harmonic convergence because they're all at the same degree of the sky. And so it is accented even further. I was looking at some planetary aspects um, well, you know, I do, I'm a, I'm a Scorpio rising, which rules um, politics. So, of course, I'm always researching politics and famous figures in the world. And I was researching uh, Queen Elizabeth this week. I've been watching The Crown and I've been watching um, The House of Windsor, which is like a documentary series also on Netflix. And it's fascinating to me to look at their charts because these are people that historically over time have been considered to be divine and close to God, closer to God than everyday people. And yet when you watch these, uh, these series, you see that they have same troubles and tribulations that a lot of us have. And basically that they're trying to navigate the world, interacting with other people who are not doing what they would have them do. So, you know, what's going on, in the world right now is highly affected all of these leaders. And it is very clear that, you know, this is happening and uh, hierarchies are being challenged all over the world. We've got, um, we've got 
all the places actually that I've mentioned every week, but um, you know, every place is challenging their authority and authority is trying harder and harder. Like there was an election in China in Beijing and it actually put more power in democratic hands with the districts and the rulership. So, um, you know, everybody's being challenged right now and the systems are being challenged. So that translates also to our lives that we're being challenged by what goes on with what's going on in the sky. And I guess I, I'm going to kind of digress a little bit because I'm not as strict with talking planet to planet to planet because I want to give you some concepts that I was thinking about. And those relate to the Capricorn Aquarian energy because of what's going on in the world this week and all of the people who are uprising and um, they're being straight up shot in Chile. Their eyes are being damaged on purpose. Um, we've got people in Hong Kong, even though the elections went in their favor, they're still um, up, having an uprising. So this is the energy of people against the quote-unquote state or people against government or hierarchy. And it's kind of a story that keeps coming around. And so what we look at is where we are headed with the major planets. And for me, Pluto, while it is still considered a dwarf planet with astronomers, with this astrologer and I think probably others, we know Pluto is, in my opinion, the most powerful planet to affect change in our world. He has the time. He's there for over 15 years. And he has the um, power as an entity in the sky and, and with the collective consciousness to affect change. So having Pluto in the last decade of Capricorn is pointedly affecting the people in power. And next year we have this strong Aquarian energy coming in, which shifts our focus from hierarchy and control over to what we're doing as a collective, as a humanitarian push and as humans. So we're going to really, and it's interesting because Capricorn rules the physical body and the structure of the body. So it can translate into parts of our body not feeling good and, you know, being in pain. That is our body's way of interpreting energy. And next year we have Saturn, which is, of course, joining Pluto January 12th and 13th. A short couple months later goes into a new sign for a temporary sojourn. It'll be just a few months, uh, if even that. Let me just look it up here. So Saturn goes in March, right around, I think, March 20th, 23rd. And then retrogrades and gets back into, well, actually, thankfully, it goes all the way till June. And so uh, as of the 2nd of July, he goes back into Capricorn. And then he goes for a final move back into Aquarius for the next 28 years. Later on in the year, he goes direct way in September and then finally gets, wow, gets back not until December. So he'll spend, what, April, May, June, into July, so like four months in Aquarius. And then he'll go retrograde. And then we have an election next year. And the election falls um, usually on the first Tuesday, which would be the third. And I looked it up. It is the third 
of November. So Saturn will be at 26 degrees of Capricorn. And that's, again, it's a late degree, but it is a wrapping up energy. So I'm not going to do a whole story right now on the election for next year because that's pretty much everything we'll be talking about next year. But um, it is going to be interesting because we have all these shifts of planetary positions that are really making 2020 a year of watershed and digging up the dark side and showing it out in the light. The Sagittarian energy uh, that we have right now definitely is going to be bringing out even more, um, I would say, scandal, especially with Jupiter going into Capricorn. Jupiter is about sex on some level, so we'll find out about sex partners. It is about religion and seeking higher understanding. And so whatever information Jupiter has sought out in the course of this last year will come about and be shown in the system in a tangible way. It won't just be theory and it won't just be words and it won't be just, you know, it happened, the action, the course was taken. It will be, wow, we understand it. And now we have to process it within the system and we have to decide what we're going to do about it. So, yeah. Anyway, um, let's go back to what's going on with the plants and then we'll get to Neptune and I will take a call if I can, um, get to that. We've got a lot of calls today, so let me try and go fairly quickly. Um, Mercury is at 14 Scorpio. He is going direct. He is still in his shadow period from the retrograde and will be until the 9th of December. Um, Let me just double check that date. I want to make sure it's the 9th and not the 7th. Yeah, it's the 9th. So come the 9th, he will go into Sagittarius. And again, Sagittarius communication, Mercury's communication, wants to share what he has found from his time in Scorpio, from what he's learned doing the process of Scorpio, going deep, being emotional, uh, letting go of situations that don't suit him anymore. And Capricorn is very much that as well. Um, I wanted to touch on this real briefly that I still see people grabbing on to the structure of things from the past and not wanting to let them go and still trying to be the central person in all of what's going on, taking ownership of more than their fair share. So if you're still doing that, you are basically setting yourself up for suffering. This time from now until 2024 is really about letting it go and not being responsible for everyone else's stuff for owning yours, which is true autonomy and what we are meant to do in the coming years. That's where we're heading. We're heading to autonomy. And instead of telling everyone else that they need to take ownership, if we own our stuff, everyone else owns theirs. And yes, they will. Because they will find if they don't, they will suffer. And that's what people will move away from. Because what we used to do does not work anymore. I'm telling you, from experience, you can't continue to look at the same old structures. And I guess one of the things that came up this week for me was um, the structure of drive and achievement. And so historically, what we do if we put the effort in and you know, give it our all, everything aligns. And that isn't necessarily, I'm not saying it won't be still for a while, but that isn't necessarily how it's going to work in the future. It's going to be more of an intuitive collective of understanding. And I know that may be a little bit esoteric to understand, a little bit hard, but instead of 
acting in a very physical material way, which is a Capricornian way. We're going to be throwing it out there as ideas and people will grab it and bring it in. They will do something from the collective information as opposed to I know everything and I'm going to act on it and you're going to get what I give you because I'm the one in charge and I have all the cards and all the marbles. Um, We're going to be really more like I'm bringing this into the pile and if you need it, then grab it and take it out and run with it. And so um, I think it's more, and that's definitely the positive side of it. There is a negative side as well, and the negative side can be um, detachment, that I have mine and you're just going to have to get yours some other way, or um, I know more than you and you don't understand it. I am more intelligent than you, but it really, on a very pure, higher spiritually understood level, it is about pooling our resources and giving those who need it what we have and that everybody has a place. Everybody has a job in the collective. I was just watching um, the crown. And then, like I said, this um, house of Windsor last night, and they were talking about when Prince Philip joined, um, well, when he got married, actually, he married into the Royal family. And they said that he was planning on having about 20 years of just having family life with, um, Prince, uh, Queen Elizabeth when she was just Princess Elizabeth and almost immediately I mean literally they were on their honeymoon when her father died so she became queen immediately and he felt he had no place in that organization and they call it, they call it the firm actually which is a little ominous <laughs> but he didn't feel he had a place and he was a very ambitious naval man and really I was watching it going but you can make your way. You can, I mean, and maybe that was simplistic or simplifying because there were a lot of rules and restrictions, but really what it is, is you have this tremendous opportunity coming up to call your shots because this Aquarian energy is very entrepreneurial and independent. So even though we have the society of looking out for one another we can still call our own shots. We can still say, this is the path I want to go down. And instead of this being, I'm going to win this with a hard fight, it's going to be the, the world will rise up and meet you with the, the things you need. And I hope that's not too Pollyanna, but that is the energy of Aquarius. It is about the collective acting in concert. So anyway, okay, so what else? We have Mars and Scorpio. That is going to be very testy and has been this week. You're going to feel like, and and I found it because I have moon, Neptune, and Scorpio. I feel that it's making me personally feel like I can actually follow through with the emotions I'm feeling. So if I've been feeling, well, this isn't true in my life, but nobody's listening to me. Now Mars and Scorpio is saying, yeah, but take action. Now you can actually um, do something about it and feel in your own power. Because Mars is an action taker. It's an assertive energy. So Scorpio being ruled by Pluto is, and honestly, they're now in cooperative signs. So the Pluto energy is able to help manifest the Scorpio ideology, which is seeking truth and bringing out the hidden and understanding the mystery. Mars is now saying, okay, run with it. Be in your sense of self. Do what you 
have been feeling in the past two months when Mercury's been retrograde, trying to get you on board with your true sense of center emotionally. Mars is ready for the fight, ready to take it to the limit and say, I understand it now, and I'm completely in my truth. I'm completely in the place I need to be. I'm getting chills when I tell you this, so I know spirit is confirming it. And Mars is wanting us to move forward with the knowledge we've gained. I mean, Mercury retrograde and forward in Scorpio was not an accident. It was very much coming out at a time we needed extra information and extra understanding of our emotions so that we can culminate what we're trying to do. And I just had my own aha moment there (laughs) because this has definitely been a story around my mother and um, Mercury is sitting on top of my moon right now. So yeah. And Mars, Mars is a little pesky because for me, there's definitely been some friction with my mother at this point. And I see that in the next 10 degrees, it's probably not going to get better. But afterwards, it will resolve, and it will. And Mars will get to uh, Sagittarius. I'll tell you when that is, because I'm sure some of you are going. When is that going to be? Uh, because we've been in about the longest Scorpio season I've seen in a while, and yeah, so we're ready for a shift, and that's January 4th, right in alignment with all these other things coming about with um, Capricorn. Anyway, okay, so what else? Okay, so Neptune. Well, I'll say real quick, we have Mars opposite Uranus. So that is definitely a power play, and that also is playing out in my life with um, someone that I recently met. So it's going to be interesting because they're very on a spiritual path, as am I, and I know that that person in particular is feeling very much like they want to help, but my Mars and Scorpio transit right now, is making me very um, contradictory. Let's just put put it that way. And Uranus also. So um, this week we have Neptune turning direct on the 29th. So three days from now, we should already be feeling it. And I can tell you, if I had my wonderful ephemeris here, my daily planner, I would tell you what I'm pretty sure is on today's page and this week, which is we're going to have difficulty with travel. I know, um, I will tell you, I did look at the weather yesterday because I heard about it, but I already knew. Uh, Neptune turning direct, sorry, my microphone fell out. Hang on one second. There we go. Neptune turning direct will always affect water on this planet, and that includes snow and rain and water in the oceans, water in our houses, the faucets, the pipes, the leaking, the freezing, all of it. So, and we also have Jupiter on, what I say, the ninth going into Capricorn, which is the great freeze. I'm just telling you now, it's a deep freeze. Because remember when Pluto went into Capricorn in 2007, 2008, guess what came out then? The movie Frozen. And guess what's coming out now? The 22nd, actually, I think it just released a couple days ago, is Frozen. So that's probably the kind of winter we're going to have. And I tell you, I've had more cool weather here in Orlando this year than ever last year. So um, it's really wonderful. (laughs) As someone who is a cold weather person, I don't really know why I'm still in Florida at this point because I'm such a northern person. But there you go. You know, the universe likes to chuckle when we make plans. What is it? Uh, We make plans and God laughs. That's kind of the old saying. Anyway, so Neptune will affect our bodies with liquids. And um, we'll bloat more. We can be more drowsy this week. 
we have everything that associates with Neptune. It's about films. I just said so a film is coming out, probably going to be pretty big, of course. Um, and I don't know if it has any particular message like the first one did, but chances are it will be also a resonant message to what we're going through right now. So pay attention to that. And, um, yeah, there's a square going on with the moon tomorrow to Neptune, which honestly kind of breaks my heart a little bit because my daughter's flying down here from Minnesota. And that's where the target of a big storm is starting tonight. So. I'm really, really sending out positive vibes for Minnesota that it kind of becomes a non-issue. And I would hope you all please send lovely clear blue skies to Minnesota and everywhere in the country so we can all have a wonderful Thanksgiving, not just me and mine, but you and yours and everyone else too. So let's take a few calls. I don't know if I explained enough about that. I hope I did. But um, Keep in mind, Neptune is emotional, and Neptune is psychic, and Neptune is universal love. So whatever we're going through this week with that shift in direction, it is about leaving behind the retrograde energy of having the clear-mindedness of this is the direction and these are the truisms of a situation, and maybe we don't want things to be how we've always had them. Neptune Direct, again, will act very embracing and loving of others and will like to have the rose colored glasses. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, really the retrograde has been fairly good for bringing out information uh, with the impeachment trial. It's been very thorough and very solid. Neptune direct is probably going to have a lot more rhetorical um, information. I would say, even though probably during the retrograde there are certain people who don't want to believe it, Neptune Direct is probably going to accent that even more and affect more people where it isn't necessarily they don't believe it, although it is the position of illusions. It is going to be, um, so what if it happened? More of that. You know, like, let's just all love each other kind of energy. So anyway, let's get back to our phones and see who we have today. 917. Hi, who is this? Are you there? You guys take your um, mute off if you could. 917. Hello. Because if you don't answer, I'm going to have to come back to you. Okay. Three, two, one. All right. Uh, we'll take 914 and come back to 917. 914, are you there? Hi, Yuppie. Yes. <laughs> How are you? Hi, who am I talking to? My name is Catherine, and what an informative show. Really fantastic. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I want to recommend you listen to it twice. I know I throw it out there very quickly, and people sometimes don't catch it because I, I just really, when I start to talk astrology, I start to channel. Basically, information comes uh -huh. in, and I just want to give everybody so much. Anyway, uh -huh. how are you today? I'm good, thank you. Yes, and I, I was really relating to um, what you're saying about letting it go. Um, no pun intended with the frozen movie, too. Um, right. No, but, it's uh, true, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I um, I have a, a question, I guess. Um, okay, hold I, that I'm wondering for a second. Let's get, your, which, let's get your birth information, oh, if we can, real quick, oh, and then I can answer your question. All right? Thank you. So, um, 
Sure. You're welcome. Birth date, place, and time. 626, 75, um, Bronx, New York, 5, okay. I didn't hear the month. What month? What month? Oh, June. June. June, 26, 1975? Yeah. Okay. And Bronx, New York? Yeah. And what and time? 5, 526 p.m. Okay. Great. Okay. Now you can tell me a question. Mm-hmm. Um, it's around work. I have several projects. Um, one is with a male um, who's also a cancer. And one is with a female who's a Libra. Um, so I don't know if okay. you see um, anything coming to fruition with either one. Okay. Um, um, cancer and Libra, interestingly, are square to each other. And you have uh-huh. Aries energy in your chart and Cancer and Libra. And then you go to Sag- Sagittarius. You don't have any Capricorn. Capricorn people, honestly, are potentially the ones that are a strong influence for you, especially now with Saturn and Pluto in your house of couples. He like, has a so I've said this. He has a partner who's a Capricorn, actually. Okay. Okay, because um, when I look for when you join into a partnership or, you know, meet up with someone and, and commit to them, in a couple situation, I look to your second house. And, like, being a couple would be your second house to me, um, committing to, like, a marriage partnership and a spouse or a partner in business would be your seventh house. So, and then, well, that's where you look for the partner and then you commit when it goes into your eighth house. And for that, for you, is cancer. And so the cancer person is going to be the solid committed one for you because you have sun in cancer and you have Saturn in cancer. Saturn increases the commitment. And I'm going to let everybody know if you don't hear the end of the show, listen on iTunes at Astro Energy. Just type it in. And also please share the show. <laughs> so those of you who are still, um, you know, listening through the – I don't know if it cuts you off while you're on hold, but um, you can hear, you know, what's going on here on the show. But anyway, I just want to say that before people get cut off because there's only 10 seconds left in the recording live. Um, so, yeah, the Saturn – in Cancer and Sun in Cancer in your eighth house of commitment in the Scorpio house is really where the deep connection comes. So the Cancer person probably looks at commitment closer to how you do. And um, yeah, let's see. And then you said Libra. Libra falls into your house, your eleventh uh, house, with your Pluto and Uranus, which is power. But it's also where you find your soul group. And I mean soul group in a sense of finding life purpose and what you're doing for a career. Those are the people that you connect really well with for your career. So I wouldn't necessarily say a Libra is a person that is someone. I would also say that the Libra person is going to be a lot more life-changing for you and um, someone who's going to create more power struggles or um, bring in an element of stress, whereas the cancer person is going to be, they, they may, actually, you may restrict them depending on what their planets are because of your Saturn. You, you really bring that cancer energy into focus and make them be responsible for the home, for the family and the nurturing side of things. And, you know, that's also, and I got chills with that one, and I'm really, I, I see the commitment that you would have to the cancer person and they to you. Because you, they see you as a very stable structure in their lives. Okay. 
Wow. Yes, and you're so right. That helps. The, the Libra, yeah, the Libra does give me stress and power struggles, but that project. <laughs> Which is ironic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, the, like, the diplomat of the Zodiac, but you've got Pluto in Libra and Uranus in Libra, and both talk about power and influence. So, you know, it's it's like you tend to want to go deep, but also not connect in emotionally. Whereas a Libra, they're always looking to balance things, and your Uranus does not balance. Pluto is pretty <laughs> intense, but Libra, I mean, Uranus and Libra is like, let's try this and let's try that. And you're kind of more scattered for things that you'll do and try and not as single-mindedly focused on the connection and a partnership you like to bring other people in. So it can be difficult <laughs> dealing with someone who's pure pure Libra, but um, they're going to have difficulty with you as well. You know, it's just like how you approach things aren't necessary, unless they're born in a similar generation and they have the similar planet. Okay. Okay. Yeah, she's 83, I believe. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, she's in a Uranus, I want to say Uranus opposition, or is it 83? For, no, Uranus is actually a Uranus return for her. So she might have Uranus in a similar position as you because it takes, I want to say, 83 to around 85 years for Uranus to go all the way to the Zodiac. Yeah. Wow. So, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, I've got one more call I want to take real Quick. I'm sorry, what'd you say? Oh, no, 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 I just said that's really deep. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank You're you welcome. So My much. pleasure. Let me know if you if you want to do a private reading because there's so much I see in charts and it's just it just goes and goes if, if you talk to me privately. But anyway, you have yeah. a wonderful day and a great Thanksgiving. Okay? You too. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Many blessings. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Okay. Let's go, let's try 917 again real quick because I said I would. Are you there, 917? That's your area code, by the way. If 917 is your area code, your hand's raised. Okay. You got to unmute yourself if you want to talk. And if not, oh, sorry. you go to Thank the left. Thank you for letting me know. Okay. <laughs> um, oh my god I didn't know okay, I had so. muted myself so thanks for that yeah so um, my birthday is January 28, 73 okay have you called before no yeah I've got it I've, yeah actually you have Anna right Anna yeah okay I've got you so what can I do oh, for good. you um, yeah, I would like yeah. you to just look into my career, please. What do you see happening there? Because sure. there's so many, so uh-huh. many things I just yeah. settling. Okay, with. well, so for you, you've you've definitely had a lot of upheaval there because you have Pluto and Saturn on your midheaven, which means that you just had Pluto go across the middle of the sky for your chart where when you were born. If you could see the sky uh, for the day you were born with what's going on now, Pluto would be right up at the top like in the middle of the sky and so would Saturn talking to each other mm-hmm. and that falls on your north node and your venus so you're really having to understand who you are in your job in your career and take ownership for you versus other people which is the what the point I was making that 
you know, you're really having to restructure how you think about authority and how you think about um, the structure of corporate America or not even America. Are you in America? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, yeah, the corporate structure of your job and your career. And, um, and then you have Mars in Scorpio in your house of work. So that is about two degrees from changing houses. So you're wrapping up a story about the emotionalism. And uh, I want to say you also in this last few months have had Mars right on top of your natal Uranus, which is a planet of independence and upheaval and chaos. So if you're talking about chaos at work, that's Mars going over your Uranus. And you kind of also were born in a similar timeline. You also have Pluto and Uranus in Libra. And so having Mars just gone over that area in your chart means that you're really wanting to have your own independence. And the situation at work is accenting how much you want to call your own shots. Now, having Mars in Scorpio is really pushing you to find someone to partner with, and that's coming in soon. And I want to say if you're not married, it could drive you towards the desire to marry uh, very focused on wanting to have someone to commit to. But you also have sun and moon today on your natal moon-Neptune conjunction at one degree and six degrees of Sagittarius. So there's this really beautiful energy of travel and growth that you're going through as it relates to partnerships. So there may be somebody, um, well, you're, according to this, you were born in Amsterdam, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've moved a long way from your natal country, and so that means that the people that you connect to here in America are foreigners in some aspect, but it also shows in your chart that you really enjoy a different culture and a partner. You enjoy having someone who shows you new things, and there's interest in growth from their perspective. Mm -hmm. And today, Mm -hmm. specifically, you have a lot of fortune with um, finding a commitment or, I mean, do you feel this energy? I really love Sagittarius energy from the standpoint of uh, it's very freeing and much happier energy than Scorpio. So um, when Mars gets to to Sagittarius, I think we're really going to be like, oh, thank goodness that Scorpio energy is over. But yeah, for you, you're really playful in relationships. And um, you've been really focused and intense in what you've been doing with your job, but it's the energy is moving more towards relationships for you. And then as far as career, um, your career is also moving towards independence. When Saturn gets to Aquarius, it immediately hits your Mercury and then your sun. And that's like, no, I've got to be me. I've got to do my own thing. So early next year, there's, a, you know, the what I was talking about with January 12th and 13th is a huge watershed moment for you around transformation because it's two degrees off of your natal Jupiter transformation. So you're absolutely oh, wow. looking to make a shift in January of next year, and then you're going to look into doing your thing. There could be an unusual energy to it and maybe something that mm. comes from finding the right group of people that you really resonate to Mm. so it's kind of a career change I would say for you I don't often tell people that but there's a lot of strong focus on your chart about career change and doing what feels right I've got chills with that one doing what feels right for for um humanity and really knowing you're following your own true path 
and that's coming oh, next wow. year, all over the oh. place next year. Like, oh, that's your wow. story for next year, quite honestly. Yeah. Oh, thank God, because yeah. I'm so. so weirded out here. Ugh. Aw. Thank you. No, no, no. So you're going, you've got Jupiter just entering your well, uh, ninth house of growth and expansion. Oh. Uh-huh. Well, it's interesting. Well, that's because learning and education and, and training. Pardon me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm doing that, too, learning, education, and training. I'm doing that, too, Yeah. in addition to working. But I did apply for a school right. position, part-time school position. Yeah. Maybe right. that's the yeah. kind of thing. It's oh. coming. It's coming, uh, yeah, when Jupiter hits, um, when Jupiter gets to Capricorn, it joins Venus. And then, let me see, probably the middle of next year, you're absolutely going to be doing something for a career with education, probably more full-time. Okay, oh, that's when wow. Jupiter hits well, your mid heaven you. of career. But you're in what's training, your, and education is number? strong there. What's your what? number? What's your number for oh, consultation? Uh, okay, if you want to get a reading with me, you have to go to my website. Um, I usually only use my phone number for readings, so you can't call me on the phone number. Um, go to angeliczodiac.com, A-N-G-E-L-I-C-Z-O-D-I-A-C.com. And okay. there's a reading, schedule, schedule a reading button, and that'll get you all the information you need. And for those of you who don't know, and I'm going to tell you this too, there is, a, when you click and just click once on the drop-down menu item, schedule a reading, you have an option to see what is included in the reading and how it goes, so you know what to expect when you hit the schedule a reading button. It says what happens in a reading, and there's actually a menu item that tells you. So you know what I do and how I process the the request for a reading. Okay. Uh, amazing. Oops. So it's uh, angeliczodiacreading.com. No, no, no. Angeliczodiac.com. And then oh, you'll see it. the button on the main page. Yeah, you'll see got the button it. on the Thank main you. page for schedule a reading. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you for the call and have a great Thanksgiving. Take care. Bye. Okay, that's all the time I have. I'm literally going to be cut off. So thank you so much for listening. Have a great Thanksgiving. Be safe. Good luck to you on travel this week, and we'll see you next week. Hi, this is Shelly. Thank you for joining us this week. To contact me for a private reading, go to angeliczodiac.com under the Readings tab. Background music was provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com with additional music by Tracy Coriel at Tracyland.com, T-R-A-C-E-Y-L-A-N-D.com. Music provided on show-by-show basis will be credited within the body of the show. For more info on my art, go to ShellyOverton.com. That's S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-O-V-E-R-T-O-N.com. Merch and other astrological art can be found at astroart.net. To purchase my ebook, Learn Astrology, you can find it at angeliczodiac.com, including discounts. Be sure to check back next week and subscribe through iTunes at Astro Energy Astrology Show.